What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Daniel Sports Ledger, sports betting tips and picks for sports bettors. Uh, no Manny today. No Manny. So uh, we'll get him on. Uh, I think he's going to be on tomorrow. Sounds like uh, we're trying to get the schedule working right. Um, so hopefully right now the plan is kind of to go every day or pretty much every day around 8 Eastern time. Uh, that might change. We'll see what happens. But for right now, we are definitely going to try to do a podcast pretty close to every day. Uh, a lot, a lot. Uh, I have a lot in store, and it's going to be fun because when Manny listens to this, he's going to have a lot to say when he comes back. Because um, I got a really, really, really hot take in the NBA right now. A really hot take. Um, so let's just start with that, actually. And I want to talk about I wanted to talk more about coaches in our last podcast, um, Belichick and some of the guys where they might go. Didn't really get a chance to, but um, so today I'll dive deeper into that. But first, let's start with that the NBA here. Um, you know, everybody's talking about one guy, Joel Embiid, and if you know me, you know I've never really. Well, I'll save that for just a second, but. Here's the thing about uh, Joel Embiid, okay? What does Joel Embiid have in common with all of these players right here? Okay, what does he have in common with uh, James Harden? Some of these guys aren't in the league anymore, but same type of guys. James Harden, Amari Stoudemire, Gilbert Arenas, Camarlo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis. What does he have in common with all of these guys? And... All the guys like these guys. Now, that's a wide range of players, all different positions, but they all have one real big thing in common. You could never build a championship team around that player. And I'm just going to say, I've never been the biggest Embiid fan. I know he's a stat king. All of these guys are stat kings. But you, you can't build championships around these players. You can't say, okay, he's going to be our centerpiece and we're going to build around him and we're going to win a championship. I don't think Embiid's ever going to win a championship. And, and these players that may eventually win a, a championship, you're never going to say, oh, they won a championship because of uh, Joel Embiid or because of uh, James Harden. What you're going to say is, you're going to say, Despite having James Harden or Joel, Joel, Joel Embiid on the team, they were able to win a championship. They won it even though they had this guy. And it's because, you know, they're, they're stat kings, but they're not guys that... I don't know what it is. It's, it's so hard to explain, and I, I, wish, I wish I could explain what it is, but everybody knows what it is in sports when you have those guys... They're stat kings. They put up all these stats. They win MVPs. They do all these amazing things. But they just don't have that championship uh, mentality. They just don't ever really get it done. Um, whatever it is, if it's the biggest moment, you know, I, I still talk about Stoudemire, you know, when um, back on the Suns back in the day. And he was dom it, he was dominating whoever he was playing in the this was the conference. It was to go to the championship. And I can't remember who, who was guarding him, but he was just dominating him and just putting up points after points. It got down to the last few minutes of the game. Steve Nash throws him the ball. 
He threw it right back to Steve Nash. Steve Nash throws him the ball. He throws it right back to Steve Nash. Steve Nash throws him the ball. He throws it right back to Steve Nash. The shot clock's about over. Steve Nash just has to throw up some wild thing. And um, and they end up losing that game because Stoudemire wouldn't take those final shots. He wouldn't take those. He he didn't want to be the guy in the media that was just like, hey, um, you know, you missed shots and so you guys lost the game or whatever. He didn't want to take that pressure on. He didn't want to take, he, he don't want to be that person. You could see it in Stoudemire. A couple of years later, they trade him to the Knicks and, you know, he gets his points or whatever, but th- that's what these guys are. They're not the guys that are like, all right, it's towards the end of the game. You know, it, they're not these Kobe Bryant's and stuff that are just give me the ball. We're going to go down. We're going to score I want the ball constantly in the media. If we lose, I'm going to be the one that says, hey, we lost. You know, I did everything I could, but we lost or, you know, or even take all the credit. They just they're not those guys. And um, Joel Embiid, yeah, I mean, he's a great player, but I've never been sold on the guy. I mean, yeah, he puts up numbers, but. He's, you're not going to win a championship because of him. You're going to win a championship despite having him on your team. And that's just the way I feel. By the way, I don't normally buy these hats, but uh, I really like this one this year, so I went ahead and got it. Plus, I feel like this is the year for Buffalo, so it was uh, time to get this hat. Um, But, yeah, so, you know, that's my take on Embiid. I mean, you know, I guess he needs to – I don't know if he can – has enough games that he can win MVP. I guess you have to have 65 games or something. I don't know. Um, I think that's a dumb rule. I mean, why do they put a rule on that? This doesn't even make any sense. You know, and, and Embiid probably should, regardless of if he plays the 65 games or doesn't, he probably should be the MVP. And, you know, he's probably going to be the best player in the NBA this year, but they're not going to win the championship. Um, you know, for me, a big, much bigger deal was the Pacers getting um, uh, Pascal Sycam uh, or what, however you say that guy's name. That's a much bigger deal. That's the kind of guy that, you know, you bring to a team that has, you know, a guy that you can build around. You know, you put him with LeBron James or something like that. You put him with one of those guys and you go, OK, this is the kind of guy that helps you win championships. Um Joel Embiid's just not, he's not the guy I think of that's going to help the team win a championship. Sack him, however you say that guy's name, Pascal, he's the kind of guy I go, oh, wow. Yeah, he's that number two guy you bring in to win a championship. Um, And so I think that's, you know, I know the Pacers still have a lot to do. They still need a lot of, they have a lot of problems on defense right now, but um you know, that's a good step in the right direction. As far as giving up three first rounders in the um, draft, first round draft picks don't really mean anything in the NBA unless you have a lottery pick. Uh, and, you know, it's, you know, like the top pick in the draft or top two or three picks in the draft. Draft picks don't really, who cares if you trade them away? Who cares, you know? And um, the picks that they traded away, that's going to kind of be a down year from what I'm hearing in the NBA draft. So it's not going to make that much of a difference. So, I mean, that I think is a heck of a heck of a uh, get for the Pacers. Um, so good on them. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the NBA is heating up. We're going to start talking about it more. I can't wait to hear what uh, 
because I know Manny's going to go opposite on me. I know he's going to want to say, no, Embiid's the man and blah, blah, blah. But that's my hot take. I, I'm not, you know, as far as MVP, sure. But as far as winning a championship, I'm just, I never really thought Embiid is just a guy that you, that you build around, a guy that you, you know, he's not, he's not a guy you want on a championship team. He's the kind of guy that, you, you know, like I said, you win despite of him, not because of him. And, um, and, and the problem with those guys, too, is they don't want the ball at the end, but then you're always giving it to them at the end, and or you always feel like you have to throw it to them, and they don't have that, you know, they don't have that thing in them where they just make every shot at the end. You know, they get nervous or whatever and miss shots at the end, but you feel like you had to get it to him because he's the guy you have to get it to. What I, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's really hard to explain, but those guys are just, those guys. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it, man. They're just they're stat beasts, but that's really where it ends for them, in my opinion. Um, going on to some of the uh, coaching stuff, I feel bad for Atlanta because Atlanta right now they're bringing in. You know, Harbaugh is interviewing there. Belichick's interviewing there. I think he might even be doing a second interview there, maybe. Um, but he's. They're really just a bar bargaining chip. These guys aren't going to Atlanta. I mean, when when you have quarterbacks, you have a Heineken bottle and the Riddler for your quarterbacks. I mean, what what are you talking about? And by the way, I mean Tyler Heineke, Heineken bottle. Obviously, there's a pun there. And then Riddler or what's his name? Uh, I don't know. Whatever. It's practically Riddler. We just call him the Riddler. Um, you know, you're just you're not. And they don't, it's not like they have a high draft pick, you know, like with, with the Bears, they can get the guy out of USC, something like that. And now, you know, and they have a pretty talented team. That's it. I see Belichick more likely to go to the Bears, you know, or Howard Barg or something where it's like, okay, we can trade Justin Fields and get like some more talent. We have a decently talented team. Um, we can get the top quarterback in, you know, many years out of the draft. And, you know, we can build something in Chicago and then, you know, how great are you going to look by making Chicago good? You know what I mean? Chicago has a lot of good things going for them as a coach. Atlanta, it's like, yeah, I mean, you have a young, pretty talented team, but you don't have quarterbacks. You don't have a way to get a quarterback and you're never going to really be anything without a quarterback. So there's really that to me, they're just a bargaining chip. For me, it's Belichick interviewing with Atlanta is is what he's really doing because I think Belichick takes a year off unless one thing happens and I think Belichick is sending the bat signal to the Eagles saying look if you fire your coach I'm available I'll come coach Jalen Hurts and I'll come to the Eagles um I don't think Belichick goes anywhere else I don't the other option would be the Chargers, but he hates the Chargers. He's always, for decades now, he's talked about hating the Chargers. He hates their stupid little song that they sing. He, he, he just he doesn't like the organization. He doesn't like the the ownership. He he can't stand the L.A. Chargers. He doesn't like them. Um, and so I mean, the only draw for him is the quarterback situation. But you know, we've seen people not want to go to the Chargers, such as Eli Manning and other people, because the organization just, it's not a good organization. Um, 
And so I don't see Belichick wanting to go there. I don't even know that he interviews there. Um, but really, I mean, I, th- I think what he's trying to say, and he's not going to go to the Cowboys because that's a dynamic that's just not going to work with him and Jerry Jones and and the, the fighting and the struggle, the power struggle there. That's not going to be a fit for him. Um, so really, he has, you know, I don't know that he's even thought about the Bears. That's a possibility. Um, Seattle kind of has the same problem. They have a, you know, Geno Smith, you know, they have a decent quarterback and stuff, but they kind of have the same problem as Atlanta in a sense. You've got a talented team, but, you know, where are you really going to get that that real quarterback? You know, Geno Smith is a good quarterback, but, I mean, I'm talking about a, a real quarterback. You know, Seattle doesn't have the draft picks for that. They're not bad enough team to, like, get the draft picks for that. So, you know, that's not really an option. So I don't know. And I don't know if he's thought about Chicago, but that actually would be something I think he might consider. But really, I think he's just trying to tell the Eagles, I'm available. If you want to get rid of your coach, then I'll come over and coach for you. Um, Otherwise, I think he sets out a year and maybe next year the Eagles get rid of their coach or something else opens up for him. Uh, and then as far as Harbaugh, what same thing, he's not, I see Harbaugh going to the Chargers. Um, if I'm the Chargers, I'm going all in to get Belichick or Harbaugh. Um, but again, I don't see Belichick doing it. So go all in, get Harbaugh. You've got the coach. I mean, you've got the quarterback. Don't waste them. Um, you know. We we also see um, when successful quarter coaches like Pete Carroll and some of these other coaches that have left college to go to the NFL, uh, they know the landscape. They know all these players in college so well, well so they end up drafting really well their first couple of years. So Harbaugh can go there. He could draft really well. He can help fix the issues with the Chargers. He can help you know, get the quarterback going. To me, that makes sense. Um, otherwise, stay with Michigan. Um, again, I think Chicago's not a, I can't believe I'm saying it, but it's not a bad option when you can get the quarterback, you can trade Justin Fields, get more players, you have more draft picks. You know, you, you have something there that you can do, that you can build. Um, and if, again, you're going to look amazing you know, being the coach that finally fixed the Bears, you know. Um, So I think there's a lot there. You know, another option is if I'm the Cowboys, there's one coach I have in mind if I'm not, if I'm going to fire my coach. And I know people, this is going to sound crazy to people, but I think Pete Carroll would be great for the Cowboys, you know. He's got that personality. He's so jovial that um, I think he can work with Jerry Jones and actually even, like, get Jerry Jones to, like, kind of back off a little bit just through through his jovialness, if that's a word, just through his jokes and having fun and kind of he could get Jerry Jones to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I kind of see it your way, you know. Um, And, uh, you know, he could be – you know, they need a positive influence. It just feels like 
they have the weight of the world on that Cowboys organization and somebody that could just be like disperse that weight and just kind of bring in a positivity and kind of get rid of that black cloud that's over them. I think Pete Carroll, that's who I would go after if, if I'm the if I'm the Cowboys. Um, you know, I don't know if that's even an option or how that could work out, but that that's that to me is the solution in Dallas would be Pete Carroll. And not Belichick because Belichick's going to be that same grumpy guy. And, you know, and then Jim Harbaugh is going to be super intense and that's going to add more pressure. I think you need just you need somebody that's a great coach, a great strategist and somebody that's just going to like get rid of that dark cloud that's over the organization and just kind of, you know, um, you know, and, and he's very disciplined, too. You know, he doesn't Pete Carroll doesn't get enough credit he does discipline his guys he will bench guys for a quarter or like do certain things to his guys that um he doesn't really get credit for that because you just see the positivity of him all the time but he does have a um uh do the oh okay oh hey what's up austin so we got a question from austin um but yeah, so I mean, that's I pretty much killed the Pete Carroll thing in Dallas. But yeah, I mean, I think that do the Steelers keep picking or draft? Um, you know, I think after thinking about it, I think Mason Rudolph is is the better choice than Pickett at the moment. Um, man, I don't know what the Steelers do. Uh, they would be really stupid to get rid of their coach, of course. Uh, the coach might be smart to leave to a better place. <laughs> um, but, uh, man, that's, you know, I mean, it's hard to say with the picket thing because, you know, without seeing the training camp and being in, in that organization and really knowing what picket has, I mean, we've seen it on the field, but... <clears throat> You know, it, it's much easier if you're part of the organization to to really see how far somebody's come along. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't think Pickett's the solution right now. I mean, I to be honest, I, I think I'm more on Mason Rudolph. Uh, he's got the, you know, the size and the talent and the ability. And, you know, maybe he just needs maybe some of the mental game. But... Man, it's it's a tough situation in 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 Pittsburgh right now for who what they should do. And they're not drafting super high either, so it kind of depends. I'd have to look more about who's in the draft. I I haven't gotten into this next year's draft so much that I know all of the quarterbacks coming out this year and, and who it is. So I'd probably have a better answer for this closer to the draft, but at the moment, I don't know. It's it's an interesting situation. Um, and maybe if you like Justin, maybe they trade for Justin Fields if you think um, you can be the guy that uh, gives him the opportunities that he needs, um, coaches him up, all of that. Justin Fields has talent, but I don't know, man. It, Justin Fields to me is that kind of guy that, there's maybe one coach in the world that could get 
him to be a phenomenal player. And if you don't have that one coach, then he's he's probably not going to be good. And who knows who that one coach is, you know? It's like he has a talent, but is there anyone that can actually, like, you know, what's the right team and the right place and the right coach and the right this and the right that? And and is it all going to come together? I mean, I, I don't know, you know? Um, so, I mean, barring basically the most immaculate recipe – then you're not going to have, um, you know, then, you know, he's, he's not just, he's just not going to make it in the NFL in my opinion. So, you know, but maybe, maybe you take a chance on him. Maybe you take a chance on um, somebody else. I don't know, but they obviously need to find that quarterback. I mean, I don't think that there's anybody in the NFL that you trade for Maybe you get Kirk Cousins, you know, maybe you get Kirk Cousins and then you draft somebody the next couple of years in a row and see if you can strike gold like a Jordan Love or something who, by the way, is, man, has he come along? But, um, you know, maybe that's what you do. You know, you get Kirk Cousins, probably the best Band-Aid you could get for the next few years. You've got a great coach. Um, I mean, I. I think that's the answer. I think that's the answer. You try to find a way to get Kirk Cousins in Pittsburgh. And then you um and then you work on, you know, trying to develop somebody for when he leaves in three or four years or whenever it is. So yeah, I think that's I think that's the answer for the Steelers. Try to find a way to get Kirk Cousins. I don't know if it's possible, but um I've heard I've heard that there is possibility for other teams to snag him. So yeah, I mean, that's probably where I would go if I'm the Steelers. Um, if I'm the Steelers head coach, you know, maybe I try to grab one of these other coaching opportunities. I don't know. But um, that's hard to say. Hard to say, though, what the Steelers are going to do. They're kind of in this weird limbo, and we'll kind of see what happens. They always seem to figure something out, though. Um, because they are a good organization and good organizations find ways to stay at least relevant in some way or another. And, uh, I think they will. Another thing we got to talk about is the Browns fired their offense coordinator, Alex Van Pelt. I know a lot about Alex Van Pelt. Alex Van Pelt was a backup for the, uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, for many years. Uh, his first coaching job, I believe was with the Bills became their offensive coordinator. Um, I think after that, he might have went to Indianapolis as an offensive coordinator under Frank Wright, maybe. But he's he's been an offensive coordinator a few different places. He's kind of one of those guys I felt like his jump to offensive coordinator was a little too soon, but he has seemed to succeed pretty well as an offensive coordinator wherever he's gone. Never been totally sold on the guy as an offensive coordinator, but firing him to me doesn't make sense um, in this particular case because because you look at the the Browns had four different quarterbacks this year. Uh, they've maintained, they've done a good job. They, you know, I, I don't see where you look at him from a perspective of this year. And you say, we need to fire him. 
as the offensive coordinator for the Browns. I don't know where you, I don't know where that logic comes from. So am I the biggest Alex Van Pelt fan out there? No, but do I think that the Browns should have fired him? No, I don't because I don't, I don't find the chink in his armor for this year. I don't see you going to say that playoff game. Did he throw those pick sixes back to back? I mean, I, I don't, I don't see that playoff game being the chink in his armor to fire him. I I think that's silly. Um, And that's, you know, goes to, and again, I said, I think Kevin Stefanski is one of the best coaches in the NFL for the Browns, but that goes back to the, the Browns being a stupid organization where it's just like, Hey, let's find a scapegoat this year. Let's fire Alex Van. I mean, it's a good, like, the Steelers wouldn't have fired Alex Van Pelt, you know, if, if you just changed organizations, he doesn't get fired because of that game. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, that's just another stupid organizational thing that it's just like, well, well, we're the Browns, so we're going to do something stupid or, you know, we want to make ourselves look good or something. I mean, I don't, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and and I say that not being really an Alex Van Pelt fan. So, you know, I, I think that's dumb by the Browns, you know, unless there's something behind the scenes, I don't know. Um, maybe he got in an argument or something. Lastly, I want to talk about Gerard Mayo. Um, he had his press conference today. A lot of good things in it. A lot of questionable things, you know, make you kind of scratch your head a little bit. Um, in this press conference, you know, the owner sitting right there next to him during all of his questions, it kind of felt like people were huddled around him. It kind of felt like he's already handcuffed. You know what I mean? It's like, and he's like, oh no, I'm not going to be that guy that like takes full ownership of everything. I'm going to ask everybody because I've never done this before. I'm going to ask questions from everybody and all over the place. And I don't think that's really smart either i mean you've got to take opinions and stuff from people but you can't just you know not every opinion is gonna really matter or even be worth the time for you to even listen to so you know you know if you're taking time to listen to opinions that don't even that that just aren't even needed all you're doing is wasting time as a as a um coach uh manny says uh Manny's watching. He can't be here, but he is watching. Manny says, Pickett is done. And uh, I can't disagree with that too much, Manny. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't disagree too much with that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Gerard Mayo, I mean, it's like, I don't know. They just It just feels like he's already handicapped. Like I said before, I said, is Gerard Mayo actually going to get a fair ch- shot with the Patriots? I don't know that he will. Um, you know, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of good things that he's going to do. But I think that there's, you know, I don't know. Is he really ready for this? You know, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting this, to see how this develops. And, um, you know, obviously they need a GM. Uh, I just saw an atrocious statistic about the last um, 
18 draft picks or something. Only one of them's been been on all pro. And that was uh Mac Jones, who's you know whatever. I mean they don't they, they've drafted horribly. Belichick is the the thing about Belichick is he's always been the worst draft pick guy. He's never been good um picking draft picks. Um so you know you're gonna have to get a guy in there that's gonna do good picking draft picks. I don't know. I just don't see I just feel like Gerard Mayo's not gonna get a fair shot. I feel like he's just coming into this handicap handicap handcuffed and um that's just not the way to do it like i said i feel like he's kind of that guy you know they throw him in there they kind of okay we've been bad we've kind of gotten people aren't really thinking about legendary belichick anymore now let's bring in the real pete carroll or this guy or jim harbaugh or this guy or whoever to really build our team and like you know I just feel like he's kind of stuck in this middleman coaching job and uh, it's not really fair to him. But then again, does he necessarily even deserve the job? He's never even been an offensive or defensive coordinator. So um doesn't really matter if they're fair to him in this sense because he's kind of just been gifted a job that was apparently in Belichick's contract, you know, that when I leave – you know, you have to hire him as the next coach or something. I don't not, none of this stuff makes any sense to me. I don't know what, what the Patriots are doing over there. Um but yeah, so this uh you know it's it's gonna be interesting. As far as the, the playoff games, I haven't really made too much um I haven't made too I haven't totally locked down my decisions. I, I've gotten a little bit further on where I'm picking as far as these um, divisional round games go. Uh, I definitely am starting to change kind of the opinions I had yesterday. So hopefully by tomorrow when Manny's back, I will have it pinned down to who I'm picking in this divisional games. But I definitely spent some time watching... Um, watching some tape on some of these different teams and and seeing where I think I want to go with it. Definitely not going to have another week like we had last week. That That's not going to happen this week. So we're going to give out some fire picks this week. We're definitely going to make some money uh, this week. And um, it's going to be a great week. So we can't wait to have Manny back. Uh, when I don't have Manny, I'll try to keep these a little bit shorter. And then when I do have Manny, then we'll, you know, we'll go a little bit longer. So, I don't have much more to talk about. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what opinions you have in the comments. Um, and, you know, even if it's not live, throw your opinions down. I'll check them. And, and in the next game or the next podcast, I can um, I can respond to them because I'm sure some people have some strong opinions about some of the things I said today. So uh, as always, guys, let's make some money. Let's have some fun doing it.